0: Good morning. Good morning, all. Welcome back to another episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast. I am your host, Danger, and joining me is uh, Monster. I'm not going to go with Breakdown Bro this time around. Say hi, Monster.
1: Hi. Good morning. I, You know, that's the thing about relationships. Pet names
0: come and go. I'm sure you'll find another cute one for me. You can <laughs> bet on that. So, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Yep. Yeah. All right. So on this episode, we are going to be talking about Chiodo's album, Devil. Now, Devil was not the big breakout album, of course, they had out. Uh, the Devil, I think, was actually a one that kind of went under the, the radar for the most part. And I think it was mostly because this type of music was kind of out of the uh, zeitgeist of, of things for most people. Because their first yeah. album, what was it called again? All's Well That Ends Well. That's right. That one was a big album for them. And that was in 2005.
1: And then they had another one after that called Bone Palace Ballet. Yes. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do Bone Palace Ballet more than the one before that. But yeah,
1: yeah, that seems to be the one because I was going to bring this up. All's Well That Ends Well, I heard, and I really liked it. 2005, I was right out of high school. This was right in my wheelhouse. And then after that, I just sort of lost interest. My friends were really into Bone Palace. But by that point, I was kind of over it, and then the this album Devil didn't
0: come out until twenty fourteen. Yeah, yeah. So they they definitely took a bit uh, a good break. But Craig Owens, the singer, left for a while. He actually uh, joined a band or started the band. I couldn't figure out which one. Uh, drugs D R U G S, and it stood for. That's him. Yeah, that's him. Uh, okay. And the thing about it is, I saw Chiodos years ago. I think it was on Bone Palace when I saw them. And then I saw Drugs actually uh, last year at Blue Ridge and had no idea it was Craig Owens. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. I've
1: seen that name on a lot of those big, you know, two, three, four day festival shows.
0: And I I had no idea that was him. Now, I don't know if he is still in the band, but I can tell you that Drugs' influence, and, you know, so Drugs stands for destroy and rebuild until god shows so not just say like you know he went off and did drugs and you know that sounds weird but he probably did uh, yeah probably did but uh drugs influence shows up on this album for sure and i actually think it's one of the better songs on this album and i think part of that is because drugs was good they weren't great chiodos is good they're not great, but I think when you kind of smash the sounds together, you get something amazing. So, with so that. yeah,
1: okay. So, piggybacking off of that, when I heard All's Well That Ends Well in 2005, it was very unique. There was a lot of elements that were you know, sounded similar to other Screamo metalcore bands in that quote-unquote scene. They had a lot of the same characteristics. But these guys were adding these lot of piano and weird time signatures and stuff. So I thought it was really cool. But this album, I, I don't know exactly how to explain it. It's somehow
0: more chaotic and more straightforward all at the same time. Right. This album actually, I kind of heard, okay, we've talked about albums in the past that have like a better front half and a better, or a worse back half or vice versa and all. Yeah. This album I really felt like was in thirds, but it was mixed up. And so I actually had trouble outside of one example. I actually had trouble with the track listing of thinking like this song should be before this song or this song should be here or wherever, because it's like the ones that are good are spaced out in my opinion enough you know there is a place in the album where it does change and i think we get more songs i don't like but there's even still stuff on the back half that i really enjoy and it's hard for me to criticize the entire album this album definitely has bangers and it has songs that i do not like at all And and so they took that Chiodos and that Chiodos sound and kind of developed it more. There are some just very straightforward Chiodos songs on here. But I feel like it's kind of a more grown-up Chiodos. But then it's also hard because I agree with you where in the past you've said, bands will say, this is our most mature album ever. And that's like a six-year-old saying, when I was a kid, I did blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're still a kid. Yeah.
1: Well, so so kind of going off of that,
0: like... When I
1: so when you brought this album to me, my first thought was I remember liking that band, but I I never really kept up with them. So, 2005 to two, 2014. I mean, that's a big gap. I'm sure it's a little bit different. And my first thought was this doesn't sound like Chiodos as much as it just sounds like My Chemical Romance, Aiden, AFI. Like I just I I heard like all these other bands, whereas when I heard Kyoto's back in the day, I was like, "Oh, these guys are very original, like this is their own sound now, as the album progresses, I feel like they do get into more of that, but the first couple songs, I was sort of like there's there's nothing here that really separates these guys from all the other bands in this scene um, okay. but again, as the album progresses, I yeah, I I take that back a little bit. But when it first started, I was a little bit like, "This isn't
0: quite what I was hoping for." So, I think it's an interesting thing when you talk about them and the scene and the scene in general because they are labeled a post-hardcore band. But I think post-hardcore got mixed with emo and screamo so much that all of those scenes kind of all rolled together on a regular basis yeah. and those those different bands, a straight up emo band and a post hardcore band could very well go on tour together and nobody bats an eye at it. You know, right. Chiodos in their heyday could go on tour with My Chemical Romance and everything would be fine. But then yes. Chiodos could go on tour with, let's say, August Burns Red and nobody would bat an eye at it. Because they, sure. they all kind of merge together. And I do think bands like Chiodos, the post hardcore, are kind of the bridge between the emo and the uh, the super heavy just metal stuff. Yeah. You know. And I think that that's an interesting thing that these bands kind of were the bridge and you know, are are able to slot in well on tickets and festivals with plenty of other people and it's fine. You know, Like it would not be a strange thing to see them go on tour thrice and they don't sound anything like thrice. Sure. And, and I think that's where uh, I'm
1: at because these guys do a lot of stuff I like, but then as a whole, it doesn't always land for me. like, there's definitely a lot of songs on here that we'll get into that it's like, man, I love this section, but then these parts don't do anything for me. Or, you know, there's, I like the verses, I don't like the choruses, whatever, you know. And I think you're right. I think this is a band that can bridge the gap between emo and post hardcore and metalcore. But the problem is for me is, as I've talked about on previous episodes, that emo screamo scene. Yeah. I kind of was a part of it in some bands back in the day, but it was never like my wheelhouse, you know? Right. So, so that I think, and those are the parts that to me start to sound kind of generic. Right. Whereas when they really get into the Chiodos of it all, they stand out, but I think they, they waste a lot of time
0: kind of playing it safe in a lot of areas. Yeah. This album and i think this album is actually a screamo album capital emo because i mean they do the the screaming thing but then they really do the emo thing but then there's something else in other places as well
1: where do you put bands like okay i'm going i'm gonna name two bands and you tell me what quote unquote genre you would put them in just like top genre they can be multiple but
0: these two bands okay. glass jaw where do you put them um, Glassjaw, I'm going to put them more in the post-hardcore. Okay, and then at the drive-in. That's a difficult one because they are more post-hardcore, but they're okay. not because they've got so much influence from other places that comes sure, out all sure. over the place. So At the drive-in is a weird case altogether. They really are, but
1: okay, so I'll, I'll use Glassjaw as the example. I like Glassjaw a lot, but kind of like Giotos here, certain sections of what they do i like better than other sections and i feel like that's sort of where i'm at on this album i there's a big gap between the album i heard and this one i didn't really have time to go through and kind of play around in the other records at all i'd be curious to see the progression like is there an album that gets like super weird
0: and then this one's the more commercial one or you know what i mean um that's that's the weird thing about this band is they had the two albums, and then they had this big break where Craig Owens went off, and he was, I think, in two other bands. And then he comes back to this one. They had a bit of a lineup change here because Craig, or actually, excuse me, they had a lineup change before this because Craig Owens and Derek Frost both both left. And then they had uh, Jason Hale lead for this, and they added Thomas Arak, E-R-A-K, you know, forgive me, Mr. Arak, if you ever hear this. And and you're like, that's not how my name is pronounced. So, Got him. so, they had the lead singer come back for this and the lead guitars come back for this. Or, excuse me, T- uh, Thomas Eric played lead guitar on this. And then the drummer came back for this. And so they weren't present on the album before this, but then they're yeah. back for this one. And it, it just, it's like you get the old band back together kind of a deal. Got gotcha. you. And so then you have somebody who's playing lead guitar that has a completely different, you know, set of influences they're bringing into things, has a different way of playing. And so I think that that's some of where we get the different sound on here. And I think that's where we got some tracks on here that just didn't fall, didn't didn't work for me, just kind of fell flat altogether. And I don't know whose fault those are, but you know, they got put on this record. Well,
1: and two, and I know we're getting ready to, you know, jump into the song by songs in a minute here. I didn't remember them being this theatrical. Like I remembered the keys and I remember the weird like moments of, of some of their old stuff, but I, I, I almost called it a uh, Elfman emo because it's That's like fair.
0: Danny Elfman. Yeah.
1: Yes. There is some stuff going on here where I'm like, if there was no vocals, I would assume this is the score for a movie. Like, it's it's so theatrical and sometimes for me personally it's a little over the top which yeah. is probably what they're shooting for but it just i don't know man it gets a little bit wacky on a couple parts
0: i mean there's a few times where and we've had this complaint on other on other albums and this they do it on here i hate it when bands put sounds on an album that aren't oh there's banned. weird sound effects going on <laughs> yeah i think my least favorite example of that ever is when a band puts a siren like a police siren in a song a sirens. that will make my heart drop faster than anything else when i'm driving and that song comes on i hate that one of my favorite examples of this and and i hope we
1: i'm sure we'll do these albums at some point but uh head automatica yeah, they have they have one song where uh, after he sings the chorus, it does this little instrumental break. And there's like it might just be Daryl Palumbo's vocals, but it sounds like a dog barking on beat. And I love it. It's so much fun. But no, on this album, I, I listen to it with with speakers. And I've also listened to it a couple of times with headphones. And when you listen to it on headphones, it's a little jarring it sometimes. Is. because there's
0: weird noises there are and i will say that i tried listening to this through headphones and i stopped because of that because it was like too much yeah it's like I i don't i don't need that in my head right now and yeah so i just i put the headphones down and just went back to listen to it through speakers which worked out fine i heard less of those but i still heard them last thing before the song by song
1: the album cover I just want to say I really, really like this album cover. It's it's basically just black and gray. It looks like a, a tornado or like a storm kind of ripping through a,
0: a, a uh, little town uh, or something. I took it as it was like uh, like a cemetery. That's what it looks like to me.
1: I, I I feel like I see a house
0: and some power lines maybe. But, but anyway, it's oh, I see power it's lines. Yeah, but I took it as like a cemetery kind of thing, okay, like an elevator or not an elevator, a ladder and like a kid up yeah. the top of the elevator or not Just, elevator, the ladder. Damn it. So the ladder and the little kid
1: at the top with the red balloon. Balloon that is. huge. It vibes. Yeah, huge. It vibes, which which, you know, my problem with Stephen King. So I'm all about it. So yeah. I definitely love that part of it. And I feel like that captures the mood of the album kinda
0: yeah and I do like how on the album the I, I like it when a band puts the name their name and the album name on the cover but I don't like it when that is the focal point and this album is labeled but it's yeah. very minimal um, very know, in the yeah very stylized and and I like that it's it's not detracting away from the rest of it and and I like that because I think it was you know a thing that my dad always talked about how one of the things that we don't have that they had was album art and it's like no no, we still have album art it's just people don't utilize the album cover like they used to by any means you know and the the thing that we got that they didn't get was CD art (laughs) how many CDs did you get with funky pictures and the the picture under the CD yeah that was always fun and And then if it was like a black thing and you had to like take it out to see the picture yeah that was fun (laughs)
1: And and we've talked about that before, you know. going into the CD store and picking up, you know, in the used bin the three dollars CD because the album cover looked cool, and then you flipped it over and the dudes in the band look cool or, or whatever. Yeah. So and I appreciate bands that still put effort, take some time to think about the the artwork and the packaging and not just the you know just
0: whatever just post it
1: online like they actually care enough to make. Art yeah, still.
0: I, I remember at one time in like the credits for a CD, there was like art director and it yeah. was, you know, they were the one that had the, the bigger direction on that. And I always appreciated that, but yeah. you know, I said it before and I'll say it many times again. You can't buy a book by its cover, but you can buy an album because of its cover. And I've done that plenty of times. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. So, all right. You ready to jump into it? Let's do it. All right. So let's talk about that little intro, the UG Introduction, track one. Simple piano intro. Trash it. It's fine. It's not needed. It's after yeah. I listened to it once or twice, I skipped it. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing about it. And I talked about it on the Coheed uh, episode where if there's an album that has an intro, after hearing that it's an intro and it's not worth it, I don't ever listen to it again. It doesn't add anything. It should have, it should be erased and be done with. Track yeah, two. Know, sorry. Sorry. Go well,
1: on. just going they're trying to set a mood they're trying to ease you into something a lot of most of the time in the bands I'm in, if I have any control over the the album order or whatever, I try to like the first song has a cool intro. Yeah. It's part of the song. It doesn't go on for 45 seconds. It's just, you know, part
0: of the first song. Right. Uh, But that's more okay to me than a dedicated 53 second track of. Hey, but at least you can skip it. True, true. So, let's talk about track two. We're talking practice. Which actually, hold on, I do want to stop and talk about how we have talked about how the uh, the titles of songs. Yes, <laughs> this album they got some wacky ones in this one. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it, it's all over the place. So, track two, we're talking about practice.
1: that's a reference to. No. So back in the, I guess it was early 2000s. It might've been all the way back to the 90s. But Allen Iverson, who was a really well-known basketball player for the yeah. 76 at the time, he was doing a press conference and they were asking him uh something about practice. And he was like, practice? We're talking about practice? Like he got all like, you know, mad about it. Like and he it doesn't practice yeah, like it was just like, a, you know, it was like a big game or the playoffs or like really important stuff. And the dude's asking about like practice and he got. Yeah. And and I think other athletes and coaches have like memed that and done it, too. But I think that was the original. I think it
0: kind of makes you think of the guitar player from Deftones. He's like, I don't practice. Oh, don't even get me started on Stephen Carpenter. But yeah. anyway, so all right, um, let's talk about this track. All right. This should have been the opener. I like this one. I like this one. I don't love this one. This is a fine song to me, but this does what an opener should do. It gives you what's coming.
1: I like the intensity that the song starts with, but I I thought I accidentally put on a My Chemical Romance album. Like, this didn't... There was nothing about the first... two minutes of the song that made me go oh this is chiotos this is a original unique sounding band it sounded like they used mike and yeah. mike and mccormance like it just i don't know even his voice which i've always remembered being real distinct it sounded like burt mccracken like it just sounded like it, it just sounded
0: generic so i was a little disappointed at first and then it definitely picks up towards the end of it. I feel like it's like a little before bridge on is fantastic on this one.
1: Yes. Uh, so the second verse, he actually sings in a little different register or something. And it sounds more unique, the voice that I was expecting. And then it goes into the bridge where he says this line about, I can take you and make you perfect. I can take- Once that part starts i i'm more into it there's a lot of piano there's the vocals are a little bit more unique and again if you're listening in headphones or just listening carefully you'll hear all kinds of weird
0: instrumentation and stuff going on oh, yeah yeah so that's why i feel like this one should be the intro to the album the opener to the album because they do a bit of kind of other emo screamo stuff on this album yeah. But then they still have a bit of themselves, which is kind of like the last half of this song was more of themselves. The first half was less of. But I mean, we do get some other sounds on this album overall, but I feel like it should have been the opener because it gives us what we're going to get. And you
1: played a little safe from the beginning uh, for especially a band like this, because you know 2014 i think the album before this came out in 2010 so it'd been a few years you might be you know you're you're probably trying to pick up some younger fans that maybe aren't familiar with your older stuff so you you bring them in with something that sounds
0: familiar right it's not a bad move yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad opener at all so just for sake of talking about it so before this album there was shiotos the essential collection which was kind of a greatest hits Sort of deal, and then before that was, and that was also in 2014. But then 2010, Illuminato came out. Okay, so and then before that was Bone Palace Ballet, and then all um All's Well That Ends Well. Just so we're you know, I agree that they're you know going to try to focus on getting some other people in, but I also think at the same time it's like the old guys are back, and they they're carrying new influences, new. Sure. New things new tricks they've pulled they've picked up and so they come into come back to chiodos and i feel like this should have been the opener because it does exactly what this album does plain and simple this album definitely takes some left turns at places but you know oh yeah we'll so, get there yeah all right let's talk about track three old fish fish lips is dead now Yeah. I I really like this one. That's because this is a classic Chiodo's song. It is
1: because it starts heavy as hell. It. And it it really just starts pummeling you and then it basically just stops. Yep. And it goes into piano and real like almost spoken word. And that is, yes, that is straight up that first album. And so I was totally into it. There's it, this creepiness to it. A lot of really cool piano stuff. The only part. OK, so as the song progresses, the verses, of course, I'm cool with it. Then it starts getting like real chaotic in this bridge mm-hmm. where it started reminding me of like. Uh, I don't know exactly what genre you would call this, but sort of like that Norma Jean style of hardcore.
0: Yeah, see, that's more what I think of when I think post hardcore. Okay. Is the Norma Jean type stuff. And that's why I kind of feel like post-hardcore is a label kind of like shoegaze that just gets put on stuff. Yeah. When you don't really know exactly where to put it and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy to have a, a category for them. Right. So when that part started, I was
1: kind of like, eh, that's not really my thing. But at 232, they lock in to the groove. Yep. And I'm literally sitting at my computer making the stank face because I'm just oh yeah oh, I love it like yeah so other than that one little section I think the song is great and and they did disappoint me at the very end though because they do the like chaotic Norma Jean thing but they end it there they don't go back into the locked in groove part which I was
0: God I was hoping they would do it one more time see I wasn't I wasn't lost in the chaotic norma Jean thing that you're talking about partly because i enjoy that more but I, I also enjoy that more live so i feel like this is a banger live especially because they really throw down for that part and then yeah. when they ended on that i kind of felt like that was just a callback it wasn't long enough to really lose me for it it was just kind of like going out on a bang sort of deal well, it that's the thing is like I feel like they
1: did the build up and not the bang. Like I was hoping like for me that groove at 232 is the bang and I wish they would have ended the song on that section, just extend it for another 10 12 seconds, but as
0: it is, I think it's a really cool song. Right. Did you watch the video for it? I didn't watch the video for any of these and Part of that is because we have talked about how a video can influence your feeling about a song. And so I actually really try not to watch the video for any songs, unless it's like on Spotify. If you're playing on your phone, sometimes like a part of the video will go into a loop on your phone, which I think is a neat feature that that Spotify does. But, you know, that's the only time I ever see any part of videos for anything that we talk about. I made my notes, my decisions were made, my
1: number was picked and on a whim I I looked to see what videos were on this album and they do have a video for this and yeah don't don't waste your time. It it's okay. uh what what's the singer's name? Uh Craig Owens. Craig Owens. Okay. Uh I don't know if they're trying to be funny but the vast majority of the video is just close-ups of his face and he's making like Sometimes he looks like he's in pain. Sometimes he looks like he's like uh, cheesing for the camera a little bit. I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's not working and it's distracting from the song. So, but like I said, I already knew I liked the song, so don't care. Yeah. But, uh, but they do have another video and I'll bring that up when we get to it. That
0: actually makes me like this song even more. So okay. no, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Actually, I have a very weird example of it. Um, I absolutely hated the Rihanna song "Umbrella," umbrella. Until I saw the video. video, yeah, and then I saw the video. I was like, <laughs> this, is, "This is a good song. I like this now." So, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, and uh, Justin, Justin Timberlake's "Cry Me a River."
1: Uh, see, I like
0: I I like Justin Timberlake. I like the song already. Yeah, yeah. but that video is just yeah. kiss. No, I I like Justin Timberlake. Um I'm interested to see what he's going to do now that he's back with NSync and see how that goes. And um yes, we will be going to that tour when it comes around. We can do an NSync record, I don't care. Yeah, sure. All right. Let's talk about track track 4, why the monsters matter. title (laughs) i I was gonna say the best part about this song is the title (laughs) okay so this sounds like a chiyoto's emo ballad it doesn't sound you know out of line but i feel like this was what should have been almost the slowdown but it's not really a slowdown because the drums are fantastic on this song i don't i don't love this one but it's an emo ballad
1: yeah, like I like the intro riff and then the verses are just kind of there. Um, there's a lot of piano and a lot of strings and, yes. and him singing. Uh, I did like the vocal delivery on the chorus, it gave me some glass jaw vibes. Yeah, um, there's also like the guitar lines or that like neoclassical kind of hair metal kind of lead yeah. licks that are kind of fun. And then you've got another one of those like Norma Jean, Zayo kind of breakdowns that just.
0: I, I like it. Gr- yeah. Cool. yeah.
1: Well, just, I was trying to think of more bands. I didn't want to just keep saying Norma Jean over and over, but it's just this genre I never really loved. And the first couple times you hear those like ugly dissonant, chord breakdowns they they really like hit you but after so many years of it they kind of
0: lose their effect for me yeah so this is not a repeat on this album for me yeah it's one that like after i heard it probably two times when it came on it was just kind of a a checkout like okay we're gonna we're not gonna hate this one but we're not gonna really you know love this one but
1: during some of that
0: breakdown heavy stuff, especially in headphones,
1: you can hear this like bubbling sound. Yeah. And I don't know if it's supposed to be like, you know, OK, so I was thinking the name of the song, Why the Munsters Matter. So I'm like, is this supposed to be like a mad scientist laboratory or something like, right.
0: I don't know why, but I kind of like the sound effects on this one. <laughs> and I knew you were going to love this. This title, especially because oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. you love the Munsters more than I do. And, you know, the Munsters are fine, but I-, I thought the title was fun on this one. It is. It is. Know, I'm going to say that the titles are fun on this album. And, you know, we don't get into the weird emo titles like the jet skis were a bad investment, but I'm going to eat a peanut butter. Right, right, now. right. You know, nothing, nothing that's more than like a sentence. <laughs> right, right. So the shortest title on this Uh, This album is track five, 3 a.m.
1: So we need to do an episode at some point where we compare songs of the same name, because my first thought was. Are these boys about to do a Matchbox 20 cover?
0: <laughs> that would be something. <laughs> yeah. All right. So if anybody wants to hear an episode where we pick 10 songs that have the same titles as other songs, so we'll do, you know, at least two. Because and- immediately I thought about No Ordinary
1: Love from that Memphis Mayfire album. Right.
0: Right. I can't tell you how many ad- how many songs are called Animal that I've heard recently. It's oh, yeah. it's insane. Oh, so yeah, yeah, if anybody wants to hear that episode, please shoot us an email at dangerousargegeva.com and I think it'd be fun to do. But either way, oh, let's talk about this track 3 AM. It's a good intro. It's a, it's a good intro. The vocal start and Everything drops except for, the, except for like a faint guitar. I hear the sound of a clock and the drip of running water
1: I never it'd be like this It's 3 a.m.
0: And then it all goes downhill. It turns into a pop rock song with a piano bridge. And this, so, this is one of the things that they do a couple times on this album is they just do these pop rock, these standard pop rock songs. And I'm not here for that. I want Chiodos. I don't want that. No. So here's the thing, uh, okay. So the first
1: three songs have happened, and I told you there's there's parts of every one of them I like, but I'm I'm not in love with any of it yet. So this song started, and yeah, I, I kind of made a joke, Matchbox Twenty cover, and I was like, well, p- clearly it's not, and I was like, it's just a generic sounding pop punk song, but it's very well done. Yeah, it's well executed. They that I mean, they clearly. I, I feel like they were like, okay, we've done all this weird stuff. Let's just do a straightforward pop punk song because we can. And this is the one that actually has a really cool video that goes along with it. It's it's kind of goes along with the lyrics, but it's it's the singer flipping through the TV and he keeps seeing every station he goes to, he's seeing the same girl, which is supposedly his ex or whatever from the song and all the different things so it one's a cop drama one's an exercise show one's a japanese game show and it's always her and the rest of the guys in the band like playing police officers and getting like you know beat up and different things and stuff and they're obviously having a real good time and that made sort of the pop poppiness of the song a little more infectious i thought the song was cool and
0: then after i watched the video i was like i like this even more like okay i'll go check out the video it it sounds like it'd be it sounds like it would be a good influence for the song you know and we've talked about especially on i think we talked about it on the um closure of moscow album that you can tell when a band is having fun making something and that makes it better and I get what you're saying, like that doesn't it doesn't really fit here,
1: but at the same time I I still like it for what it is.
0: Right. It's fine. I like yeah. this one okay. It's catchy. It's it's fine. You know, it I think that after that part where like all instruments except for a faint guitar drops out and his vocals are big and bright and awesome, and I think it does all go downhill from there. I think his vocals are really good on this one. But I don't love this track. It's not a standout yeah. track for me. It's not a filler track, but it's a fine it's a fine one. I, I think it stands out for just
1: how simple it is. Especially sandwiched between the two songs that it's sandwiched
0: between. It stands out for being generic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess it's a Chiodos pop rock song, you know. Yeah. But it's... I think it's fine I don't think it's filler I don't think it's a great song I I think it was a song that they intended to write but it's, yeah. it's not a sound for me but I am going to go watch the video for it because you know the video's fun yeah, I like the video a lot if I can tell they're having fun with the video that will probably make me like the song more and that's all I got on that one I mean I really don't have a lot to say about that because it is just a generic pop rock song so we're going to move on and talk about track six. Yeah. Oh my god Sunny Days and Hand Grenades <laughs> what's your deal with this one
1: the song starts and i'm like this is half 80s hair metal and half circus music like it is bonkers like there is this weird like chromatic key walk down that goes real fast in there there's just so much shit going on It's cool. I like it. It's just super yeah, freaking weird.
0: It makes me kind of uncomfortable. And I think this is where Chiotos decided to get weird with the track, you know, yeah. decided to throw out an experiment that they did. It's not a bad song. It's just a weird song. It's a pop sounding song, but it's like a pop, like weird, <laughs> a weird pop song. Okay so you got the crazy
1: wacky intro and then you got the verses that almost have this like Calypso kind of dance beat with these real weird high pitched little staccato guitar licks. But then the chorus is just a straightforward pop punk chorus. Like there's, there's nothing remarkable about it. it's like, you've got so much weird stuff going on. Like just keep being weird. Like, why do you have to like simplify it there? I will say two kind of sounds likes in here. His vocals reminded me a little bit of Rain Madia from Our Lady Peace. Okay. He gets a little falsetto that he doesn't do very frequently. They just gave me a little bit of Our Lady Peace vibe. And then near the end, they do this like spoken word section. Yeah. Well, that because of like the tone of voice he's using, it just sounded so much like Avenged Sevenfold's um, Little Piece of Heaven.
0: Man, yeah, of Where he's doing the, uh, have you heard that song? I can't say I have. I've never really oh been a big God. Avenged Sevenfold fan. So, so Avenged. if you like this album,
1: you might actually like that song because everybody says it sounds like Danny Elfman metal because it is very theatrical very uh, tons of orchestration it's wacky but they have a spoken word part in there where M Shadows is doing like wedding vows and uh, he's doing it in this dark creepy voice and that's that's all I could hear and I think that came out in 2007
0: so, so they i going kind to of beat him to it yeah I do think there is something that needs to be acknowledged because this is the second time you brought up Danny Elfman in a comparison, like a (laughs) a description of him. And I understand what you mean by that because him by himself, he's, you know, got this theatrical, you know, writing style and, you know, film scores and blah, blah, which, did you know, little Danny Elfman trivia, the first movie he, the first movie he scored was a Tim Burton movie. He actually had no interest in scoring movies and Tim Burton talked him into it. So it was Pee Wee's big adventure. It was, it was, Um, I couldn't remember which one exactly, but now that you say that, yes, Uh, but but he was also a fire eater, fire dancer before. So anyway, um, (laughs) we need to, we need to say that we are uh, talking about Danny Elfman specifically and not Oingo Boingo. (laughs) Yes. No, nothing on
1: this sounds like Oingo Boingo.
0: A lot of this sounds like Tim Burton movies. (laughs) Yes. So I think they do have a bit of that you know, drama in there. And I think it comes in with a lot of the string instruments that they put on stuff, yes. which string instruments don't bother me like they do you. And, you know, I think they need to be used more sparingly because I think a lot of times bands yes. will go, well, you know what? We got a, we got a string section now. And, you know, and that's always going to be played as a, uh, a backing track live. You know, right. It's never going to, they're never going to have an orchestra section on stage unless they're oh. Metallica and they want to put out S and M.
1: Well, and, and I will give uh, Skillet a little bit of credit. They have some strings, pretty heavy string accompaniment on a few of their more popular songs. And they actually have a touring celloist and uh, I don't know if it's violin or something else, but they come out on stage and perform with the band for, you know, three, four songs every show, which I, you know, I
0: do commend them for that. Um I don't remember but, them when I saw Skillet the one time <laughs> I did, which I'm not a big Skillet fan. You're way more of a Skillet fair. fan than I am. Yeah, so they're definitely more in the new metal section of things. Yeah, they're like right on the cusp of new
1: metal and butt rock. So yeah. you know, I love it. Yeah. Um, but back to this. Right. If you don't mind, we'll go ahead to track seven, duct tape. Which is the song that, if you just took the vocals out, I thought we were listening to the score of a Tim Burton movie. Yeah. Like, it just sounds like a theatrical score. There's, I'm sure there's some guitar and live instruments in there, but it's just cinematic strings and atmosphere. And this is another one that, if you listen carefully, there is some weird stuff
0: yes. going on, like people okay. talking. glass breaking and stuff so all right i don't know if you've picked up on this but song's called duct tape and there is the sound of duct tape happening in it and i love this track on here but this is the track that i think he brought a lot more of the drugs influence into is that what drug sounds like is it more they sound that they sound more like this than chiotos but okay. you know i do not need the sound effects on this one leave yeah. that out of it the and much. i think what actually hurt this song to me was the sound effects because you gave me a sound effect that was like off-putting especially coming off of the track from before it it was kind of like a yeah what's happening here? Is this album still playing? What is this? And then the song happens and I'm like, holy shit, this is a great song. And then we get more sound effects on the other end. And I need the resolution of the lyrics, the resolution of the words. I don't need the resolution of the beginning sound. And I feel like that's what it was. I felt like it was kind of like You know, we got this, what to me kind of sounded like the introduction of like a uh, needing to take care of a body sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then the song happens and then we finish taking care of the body at the end. It's like, I don't, I don't don't need that on the the end because you just gave me a banger of a song. Give me, give me that. Let me end with that.
1: I I, I don't want to like disagree with you and, and say it's a bad song. I think it's fine. I just there's no dynamics to it like it's it's just an orchestral mid-tempo song like it doesn't there's nothing super catchy or memorable about it it's just kind of very atmospheric like when it's on i definitely feel the mood that it's setting but it's not a memorable standout to me i I don't know there's something missing there the
0: chorus on this one really stood out to me
1: I do like that, you know, born again. Like it's it's big, but it just
0: I don't know. Like I would have liked something to change at some point. Okay, I mean that's that's fine. I mean we definitely get change on the next track, but oh not yes. But you know I I loved this song. This actually was the standout track on here on this album to me, and it's really sad because this is a Chiodos album, and I really enjoy Chiodos, but I enjoy classic Chiodos. I enjoy the first two albums. I like that. I want more of that. Hey, don't get me wrong. I love Batman Returns. <laughs> I could, I could listen to that
1: original score soundtrack and be okay. That That's just, that's, I think that's the thing is like, for me, like you said, I'm here for old school chaotic weird Chiodos, not a Tim Burton packing track. Like it just, I don't know. Like it's it's fine but it just doesn't do anything special for me
0: so the chorus is where i felt like it was more of like the drugs influence everything else yeah. felt like emo club nursery rhyme i yeah i'm cool with that and i i liked it but let's move on to where we get a big change track good eight. lord track eight beavis bullock That is a great title, in my opinion. And I think it's pronounced Beavis, B E H V I S.
1: I was going to say, like, I I thought it was a mix of instead of Beavis and Butthead, it's like Beavis Bullock. Maybe Sandra Bullock is what
0: they're going for. I don't don't know. know. I don't know. And they misspelled Beavis. So I don't know. They did. Doesn't matter. Because the first 30 seconds of this punches you in the face, it's out of control. (laughs)
1: This is when we talked about this before, as far as track listings go, I think I like this one more because it is coming out of duct tape on its own. It's cool, but man, after you've just sort of been like chilling mid tempo for about three, four minutes, you're kind of in a groove there's a little bit of like downtime at the end of the song. That's kind of quiet. And then this shit comes flying out of nowhere. And yeah, it's, I mean, it is just heavy riffs, screamed vocals, chaos everywhere.
0: I like it. This one's this one. No, I love it. I love that. We got that old squeal that, you know, that old Shioto squeal. I will say that, the first time I listened to this all the way through with headphones, I kind of forgot that that was here, and it surprised the yeah. shit out of me. And I ripped my headphones off because it was like, "Oh god, no!" We okay, we, we, we it, just, it hurt, but I loved it. There's also there's also a little bit of uh,
1: it was giving me a little bit of he is legend in there too. Yeah. Um, some of their some of their older, a little more like southern influence. Um, like he is
0: legend, still- like first two albums. I just yeah
1: like suck out the poison era yeah. you know um yeah this is a fun song uh and then the the scream thing that happens at the end where it yeah. just goes off the rails yeah <laughs> oh,
0: god I, I like this one a lot this is the chiotos that i was hoping for right and I I did like this song. It, it took me a listen, like after I got past the headphones part of things. Yes, you know I I really enjoy this one. It is the heaviest damn track on this album for sure. Yeah, but it's the most fun in my opinion because this is the one where you know you you would expect him to go. All right, guys open the pit (laughs) and you know or you know like create wall of death or whatever because that happens at every show i go to it seems like and you know it's it's a fun one though it's you know that super emo screamo verse and then the clean vocal chorus and then the shrill (laughs) and it's just it's it's madness and then you know the uh i i think the new lead guitar player really brings it on this one I
1: I know you're going to do the sound clips and I commend you on doing such a fantastic job with that. Thanks. There's so much nonsense in this song. I think you have to do at least like two or three different parts of the song for this one. I will get that intro. Get, you know, some of the other stuff. That scream in there.
0: <laughs> oh, God! Right, that here. final scream where he just gives up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, all right, let's talk about track nine. Looking for a tornado. <laughs> Not the best, not the best album or track name, but then also, you give me this slow emo acoustic track after that madness. From your knees, you've lost all direction. So friend of rejection. Lost little... I don't need to slow down now. I don't. No. This is, this is one place that I will strongly say track listing is wrong on this one. I don't know where this one should have gone. I don't know if it should have gone before this, if it should have come before duct tape or whatever, but this one is out of place because I do not need that slowed down acoustic emo track after that Beavis Bullock just beats you over the head. So,
1: so this one starts with a real, just simple strumming acoustic guitar and I'm like, OK, you know, you come off of just pure chaos into something more straightforward. OK, but there's something about the mix on this song that I have a hard time with, because the acoustic guitar is pretty. I mean, it's upbeat, but it's very subtle. And then his vocals come in and they're too loud. Like it it's it's uncomfortable, like the, the balance is off or something, it, especially bad in headphones. And when the rest of the band, like, kicks in... It's better, but this is kind of like 3 a.m., where it's just a generic kind of pop-punk, pop-rock song, and it feels very weird coming after that Beavis Bullock. I will say one cool thing is in the chorus there is a lead line underneath the vocal that is only five notes. And it's very, it's just real simple, single notes. But the fourth note is like a dissonant note. That it's like the in between note that shouldn't be there. I like that. That's the one thing that keeps this
0: song interesting for me. So what I will say about this song is when you listen to it in order with this album, it, feels very off but I wanted to go and just listen to just this song and when you listen to just this song and you're not comparing it or being influenced by what's before it or after it's a fine track it's a a fine song I will say that this is not a headphone song by any means whatsoever because you're absolutely right the mix is off in this and you don't hear it as much through speakers yeah for sure so this is still a good song but it's not a good song to follow what just happened. It's yeah. it, it's a it, it's a good song, and sorry, I will say it's a fine song. It's a fine <laughs> song. It's not a standout on this album at all, on its own. It's fine. I, I I'm not gonna say it's a filler. Um, I'm not gonna say it's one where they were just trying to pump out a track. I think this was an intentional move, but I don't no. think it's well placed move. Does that make sense? It, yes.
1: We have talked about that before on certain albums where it feels like, like when we talked about on this wildlife, it sort of doesn't matter the order on some albums. It's like every song is its individual. It's almost like a, a collection of 10, 12 singles. Right. And it doesn't really, it doesn't matter how they flow. But when you're doing an, a record like this, you got to have that flow and rhythm in mind. And they probably, I feel like they probably did this on purpose because you've got, duct tape, which is kind of a mid-tempo slow thing. Beavis Bullock, they they go nuts. And then looking for a tornado, they bring it back down. And then the next song Kind of goes nuts, you know. So I think they probably were doing that on purpose. But where you and I are uh, in agreements here is like you—you you brought us up, you
0: got us hype. Let's stay there for a little bit. Let's yeah. not just go right back down. Which I think that following it with track ten, expensive conversations in cheap motels. Sing Because this is Chiodos again. This is that fast-paced guitar riffs. Yeah. We've got um, we've got his vocals coming back. You know the it's it's just a damn good Chiodos track. Like it's just chunky breakdowns for days. <laughs> my
1: my personal taste. I don't love the the screamed intro <laughs> that he does. <laughs> yeah, it's that, not. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I I fucking. I'll Not give great. you that. But what I do like, uh, I, this has a groove all of its own. No other song has the same kind of bounce and groove that some of the the rhythm does in this one. I dig that. Oh, and yeah. then that like little like breakdown bridge thing. I Big. I wrestled a bear once. Vibes. Okay. big Dillinger escape plan, like super weird technical
0: death metal kind of thing happening. Yep. I love it. I, and, and yeah. I I think that's their, their new guitar player on this one. I think he had a lot of influence on that, on those. There's parts, a lot sure. of guitar. So uh, there's, there's this part at the beginning of the song, both guitar
1: players are just doing something wacky. I think one of them is doing like, just kind of like a, a hammer on pull off kind of thing. And I, I think the other guy's actually doing like a double tapping thing. i i can't tell it's just super busy a
0: bunch of high-pitched notes just blasting all at once but it it, it works like it it sounds great it's busy but it's not overwhelming or overstimulating it's 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 just good so good all right let's jump into track 11 i'm awkward and unusual like awkward and unusual might be the name of this show show. like an alternate name because we're both awkward and unusual
1: i i hey i tell you right now if chiodos made a shirt that like had that on the front really big and like the name of the band on the back that
0: would be dope like i I will make you that shirt i i will yeah so all right fast intro just real quick intro it's like they they need to introduce the song but they don't want to waste time on the intro and then this is a call-and-response Chiodos, you know, especially this, this in the verses. A, yeah, this is an old-school rock and roll song. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: This, uh, I mean, the verses have a very, like you said, that call-and-response thing. The chorus is just kind of a straightforward, hard rock kind of chorus. Yeah. And then they're, they there's kind of a long middle section and bridge and they're doing some stuff, but there's even one part in that bridge section that kind of gave me a little bit of a queen vibe, a little Brian may guitar tone. I don't love this song, but again, like so many others, they're doing these neat little things that I do like. Not one of my favorites, but I, I do like, especially the real
0: quick little queen thing they do near the end. Yeah. It's not one of my favorites, but I still like it. You know, it's, I think it's still a good track, but it's not a standout on this one to me. Yeah. It, you know, it definitely doesn't feel awkward or unusual, you know, as the the it title told us. No, no, it was just a good little track, you know, nothing, nothing, Nothing that wowed me. If you thought 3 a.m. felt out of place, how do you
1: feel about track 12 under your halo? I
0: is this is not show. Sure <laughs> I don't, this, this, I don't this know. Pictures. I don't know where this is from.
1: OK, so again, kind of like 3 a.m. because you've got so much else going on. I kind of like this song, but no, no part of this sounds like Chiodos. Yeah, it, I, I heard the killers. I heard the marvelous three. I heard better than Ezra.
0: I heard no Chiodos anywhere. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind this song, but I don't like this song here. You know, it's kind of like where I've said, like the new uh, Amorosa album, is a good album, but it's not a good Rosa album. This is a good song, right. but it's not a good Chiodo song. You know, and this entire I'm, album, number th- uh, three, three AM, and Under Your Halo are the two tracks that I would just get rid of because they're not Chiodo songs; they don't belong here.
1: Well, what's crazy is like three AM. I can still kind of hear it. This uh, this sounds like a. It sounded like Spotify goofed up and put like a different band song here or something. I don't know. I like it. Like this, this song feels good to me, but yeah, it feels
0: super out of place on this album. Yeah, I I don't understand this move that they made here. It's not a bad song, but it's not a good Chiodo song. I'm just gonna stick I to mean, that statement. I, uh, yeah. yeah, but again, that's almost like I almost want to give
1: them props for that because it almost feels like they're doing it to make you uncomfortable. Like you bought a Chiodo's record expecting chaos. Well, listen to this three and a half minute pop song that we wrote with no weird breakdown, no screaming, no dissonant chords. Yeah. How does that make you feel? You know, like it feels deliberate. And that makes me kind of like it more,
0: you know. So Craig Owens said the reason why the album is named Devil is because he wanted to kind of remove the meaning of the devil of the word devil and see if he can stand behind something so emotionally evocative and um and and striking. So a it's, bunch of pretentious bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so I wonder if this is a move to be that. I don't know. I I don't know. So alright, track thirteen, the closer. I am everything that's normal. with a very mediocre nine-minute finale that could have ended at five minutes, nine seconds.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, this is a very forgettable song for me. Yeah. It's it's like, it's a whole lot of what they've done on other songs, but not nearly as interestingly. Nope. And then, yeah, the last five minutes is basically just just droning sound effects and yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling if the end of this song probably wraps into the intro kind
0: of like Ongoing Concept did. Right. I, I bet it kind of loops pretty well. But know. I'm going no. to because I'm curious about that. Because when I I've, when I I've found that on Ongoing Concept, I was like, that's an interesting little thing. Yeah. But... I, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. This one's sort of just there. I, I could have done without it. Yeah. It, uh, Honestly... Honestly, now that I think about it, if you would have ended your record with "Under Your Halo," it almost would have been like, okay, the last song on the album. They get a little bit weird. They go in a different direction. That's how they end
0: their record. I'd almost have been more comfortable with that. Like flip twelve and thirteen, and well, see, I don't think it's I don't think it's bad enough to get rid of. But I definitely would have ended it at five oh nine, and let that be the song. We didn't need all the other sound effects. Because it's like, okay, you're still giving us, you know, what you guys are doing, what you do, but you're not being um, as good as you have been previously. End on a weird note with Under Your Halo. And that actually would have actually felt more like a closer to me. You know, uh, this doesn't feel like a closer to me. The album started off with a weird little, um, you know, weird little intro. Number two was a banger was just you know not banger banger but you know it definitely was an opener they don't close this album well i will say that
1: it it just sort of peters off um and and to your point you know you talk about like sections of the album that you're really vibing with and other sections that you're not I, i have such a like love hate relationship with the back half of this album because you love duct tape. I didn't particularly care for that one. But I thought Beavis Bullock was awesome. Yeah. I didn't really care for looking for a tornado. Expensive conversations and cheap motels. There's stuff I like. I don't right. love it, but I do like parts of it. I'm awkward and unusual, same thing. I-, I like parts of it, but I don't love it. No cool. so and then for some reason under your halo, I like that one a lot, even though it has nothing to do with Chiodo's.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. I'm all over the place. I I will say, actually, I'm going to agree with you on, on some of what you were just saying that some of the songs that I've said are just are great songs. They're mostly great songs. They're not great all the way through. I think that's, some moves on this were kind of um odd choices like under your halo and 3am but there's not really a lot of album placement that's out of order on this to me because it's like it's just kind of peppered in like what's good what's bad what's good what's bad what's good what's bad and I'm I'm okay with that
1: it's kind of like something that you said on the sleep token episode which I'm sure you being a man of culture would retract that they have a lot of good parts, but no like great songs. Right. And I feel like that's kind of what I'm hearing here. Almost every song has something I think is great, but very few songs. Can I go from start to finish and go, the intro is great. The verses are solid. The chorus has a big hook. The breakdown is stellar. I love it. It's usually half or less of that. (laughs)
0: yeah so by the way i'm going to take that part where you said where you said uh you being a man of culture um i'm going to just make that a loop alarm (laughs) to wake up to every morning you're a man of culture you're a man of culture (laughs) so it's like a good mantra to say to yourself in the mirror yeah all right monster tell me what's new here hey hey, good looking
1: Oh, so I gotta say man for as many weird things as they're doing they really didn't get too much into that new metal like it's not really in this the only the only thing I kind of thought was uh, track 10 expensive conversations in cheap motels the the intro the way he screams that
0: I, I, I fucking
1: you know, opening line right. and kind of the bounce that the song sort of has—that's about as close as it gets. And then, obviously, the breakdown goes into a way wacky "I wrestled a bear once" territory. Right. But I, if I had to try to pull some new out of here, that's that's where it would be. Now, I know you said you only listened to this a little bit with
0: headphones. Did you do some cooking to this one? I did. I'm gonna say, actually, duct tape. <laughs> the best cooking track here because it is mid-tempo and other stuff is a little bit all over the place and can actually become distracting while sure. cooking. You know, actually 3AM or Under Your Halo are runners up in that category because they're not overwhelming. They're just, they kind of provide this this steadiness to them. And that's what I need when cooking. You know, if something is too big and too chaotic, I can't do it. It's just distracting yeah. while I'm cooking. So, Makes all right. Thanks, Thanks, why don't you give me your closing statement? All right. I was a pretty big fan of these guys first album
1: when I was younger and I listened to it a lot. It was an eclectic mix of hardcore pop punk screamo and even had flashes of classical piano and dancy synth thrown in. This album somehow feels more all over the place and more straightforward all at the same time. There are a lot of interesting moments and brief sections of really eclectic musical choices, but that doesn't always translate into particularly good songs. So many of these songs do a great job of creating a mood and an atmosphere, but then fail to deliver anything particularly catchy or memorable. Songs kind of bounce between generic emo screamo tropes and over-the-top orchestral flourishes and a heavy dose of keys and synth. Too much of it sounds like a ripoff of My Chemical Romance, AFI, and The Used with Norma Jean-style breakdowns and these huge cinematic backing tracks to kind of throw in to set them apart. I tend to get fatigued before it's over. I admire them for trying to become the emo Elfman band. I like it, but I don't love it. And it's definitely one that I got to be in the mood for one to 10. I got a little danger with my score here. I'm going to give it a 5.8. Ooh, 5.8. I was not expecting 5.8 from yeah, that one. But. I'm, I'm going to get weird. I'm going to, I'm going to start getting a little more analytical because I was thinking about, we've talked about this, what I've given sixes to, what I've given sevens to. And it's like, Hmm, I
0: gotta, I, I want to, but I got to be honest with myself. (laughs) Yeah. All right. It's a grab bag. Devil is a reworking of Chiodos somehow feeling different while still doing the same. The best moments on this album are worth relishing in, even when they fight the less stellar ones. They have given us a fantastic long EP or short album, something they're good at. Even though the album struggles as a whole, the standout tracks are enough to to satiate long-stay fans that always come back and catch the ear of new emo fans. Devil leaves an open door for the future of Chiodos. I just hope the future is more along the lines of Why Monsters Matter, Fish Lips, and I wouldn't be mad if we got more duct tape. I gave this album a 7. Okay. Yeah. Not that far, far apart. No, not, not too terribly far apart. And I will say, I actually had this at a 7.8 before we started talking. So you uh I, I, yeah you brought me down so right. welcome that's what I'm here for <laughs> so that uh that put this album at a 6.4 and that puts this right above Polar's Club Iguana at a 6.25 and this wildlife everblossom at 6.45 so mm. if anybody actually disagrees with our score please shoot us an email at dangerinsargegmo.com and let us know or send us a message on one of our several uh, social media platforms facebook uh, check out our Uh, breakdowns for breakfast facebook page or danger and sarge across all of them and uh monster what are we listening to next week next week a little bit of
1: exciting news a little change of pace we got our first official request and we will be diving into the third album by eve six 2003's it's all in your head and one more thing danger listeners at home If I make you breakfast in bed, a simple thank you is all I need. Okay, not all this. Who are you? How did you get into my house stuff? All right. Thank you.